Hello and welcome to the next episode of the podcast, a cannabis show for budding enthusiasts. This episode was brought to you by 420 Australia, The Billy Shop, Organic Gardening Solutions, and all things Peabody. On this episode, we're joined by the man Peabod to talk all things Chemdog. So get comfy and enjoy. Alrighty, so a big welcome and thank you for Peabod for coming on the show today. Yeah, hello. Um, and for anyone who hasn't uh, seen the earlier episodes, Peabod and Joe Brand were the two guys who sold the weed to uh, Mass G at the Grateful Dead show, which then went on to give birth to the Chemdog strains. But with all that being said... My first question is, how did you meet Joe Brand? I met Joe B. at Western State College uh, in Gunnison, Colorado in 1987. Uh, I applied to a few schools out in Colorado. It's the only one I got into, uh, a.k.a. Wasted State. <laughs> My parents were real proud. But uh, it was a great school. I had a really fun time there. Uh, and I met him. In the cafeteria, I was just going to get something to eat. I didn't really know anyone there. Uh, and I saw him sitting at a table with a couple other of his friends that he came out uh, from New Jersey with, and they had tie-dye T-shirts on, Grateful Dead T-shirts, so it kind of drew me over there. And uh, just went over and then just started talking to him, and uh, we've been friends ever since. And so, was it Joe who got you into the Grateful Dead, or were you already into it before that? I was already into it. He was already into it. We had both gotten into it in high school. I probably got into it my freshman year in high school. My uh, brother was a big deadhead, and uh, we lived, I grew up in Connecticut, so uh, there were a lot of shows right around right around us within two, three hours, uh, many places they used to play, so... Uh, I got to see many, many shows in high school, so I was a pretty big deadhead uh, by the time I got out to uh, Western State. Okay, awesome. And so, uh, before we get to that infamous show, what type of weed were you guys smoking growing up? Uh, in Connecticut, I, was, we're, I lived uh, about an hour outside New York City, so we got a lot of, like... Um, strains from other countries like vietnam and uh you know afghan bud and uh a lot of uh like tie, real thai stick uh just a lot of different different flavors that i was smoking in high school when we got out to uh western state uh the infamous pea bud we found uh, started smoking that which is outdoor strain in in colorado uh Big, huge, uh, like, forearm-sized colas, or uh, you get, like, a pound just full of little popcorn buds that were just uh, lime green and piney tasting, and, uh, yeah, just really beautiful, beautiful-looking yeah. pot. Awesome. And so, was this something that was around when you had access to the dog bud, or was it before or after that? It was before the before the dog bud and during but uh yeah i moved there in 87 and i think pea bud was around for since at least the early 80s i would think uh my friend rob would know a lot more about that than me uh but 
it was definitely before the dog bud. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, just kind of segueing into the dog bud, what was that like for you guys? Because you guys, I think if um, what I read was correct, was that you had access to that for a while before, you know, that fateful encounter at Deer Creek. We are actually not, like, if it was so long ago, so I've uh, talked to Joe and other people and got, like, the real, uh, just a pound and a half came into Crested Butte uh, the summer of 91, and Joe Brand bought it, I think he bought a pound of it or all of it. Um guy approached him and because uh, he knew he Joe and would you know had money and yeah. could get rid of it and you know he's, he was kind of the Peabud man too so uh, <laughs> Joe bought it you know he bought bought it all and uh, I think and uh, so and we're going on tour and I'm not sure in like a couple weeks or something so uh, it was kind of, you know, perfect, and you know, we we're, we kind of took it, took it all on dead tour, which kind of pissed off a lot of people in town because they couldn't they couldn't <laughs> get it. But it was uh, just absolutely amazing. We had never seen anything, smelled anything like it before. We were smoking a lot of pee, but we were smoking some uh, indoor. Uh, hash plant, which is called the Puck, Skelly Hash Plant, a Puck, uh, which is a pretty famous one here in Colorado. I can tell you the story on that one, too. Uh, but we were smoking that, M39, Big Bud, Skunk Number 1, uh, some good indoor strains, but we had never seen anything like this or smelled anything like this uh, before we... It was called... When... Joe got it uh, from what I, it was called dog bud because it, after you smoke it, it made you roll over like a dog. That's what <laughs> the meaning of the dog bud that I remember uh, it was. So we, we smelled it. We started calling it chemweed uh, because of just the, the odor off it. It smelled chemical fuel, just insane terpenes as they say today uh it, it was just amazing the smith the smell of it and um so we started calling it chemweed which kind of just as a joke uh so we kind of changed the name to chemweed and and then brought it not sure exactly how much we brought on tour but uh probably close to a pound on dead tour and so um these are kind of the days leading up to that show am i correct uh, yep, we that was summer of '91. So, I'm not sure where the tour started, but uh, that happened at. I think there were two shows in Deer Creek. That happened at one of those shows in Deer Creek. I think that was. I think we, we were just smoking it ourselves for the first shows, and then we we had split it up into eighths, <laughs> and uh, and just decided to bust it out at deer creek and uh it was yeah it was, it was amazing because it was summertime too so like i said before it's pretty dry uh 
weed in the in the in the summer on dead tour so there were a lot of lucky people in that parking lot that day <laughs> and so and one really lucky one <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and so when g mass g uh came up to you guys was it um, you know, just just any old moment for you, or did you have some inkling? You know, like uh, Skunk VA mentions when he was a pro- first approached with the guy who would give him the chem dog. Like he knew that it was, uh, you know, as the guy walked towards him, he knew it was an important contact. You know, did you feel the same way about Mass G, or it was just kind of an everyday just, thing? It was just kind of a well, it was more friendly because it was so long ago. But uh, we we just started selling it at our at joe's car at you know the at joe subaru i remember green subaru and uh we started just said kind bud and one guy came up and he was just like holy shit look at this stuff and he ran off and brought up two people and they ran off and brought up two people and we had like a line at our car to buy ace and uh g mass g was one of them uh I think he bought one or two and came back and bought some more. Uh, but him and Joe exchanged numbers uh, at the show there. And uh, and then that's how they, they stayed in contact. So no cell phones back then. So it was more just, you know, on a piece of paper. And I'll call you when I get back to – when I get back home. So – did you um, were you aware of the kind of the exchange that took place after that when you guys got back and then Joe sent him the stuff in the mail or you weren't fully aware of that at the time? I no, I I think he sent him some pea bud first and then uh, sent him the dog bud and I'm sure we were all like oh don't send it to him you know I'm very glad he did but you know because that was that was it there was we never saw it again. Uh, the dog bud i've never seen it since so it's probably a little like oh, don't send it to him but uh i think he sent him two ounces and i had never seen a seed in any of the stuff that i smoked or uh anything if i did i i didn't save it for sure but uh you know one of those some of those buds receded so and greg found in one of the ounces i guess i think uh Joe sent him two ounces, and one of the ounces he found the thirteen seeds. So, when he found those seeds, did he mention to you that he found them straight away, or was it more of just on the back burner thing? You know what? No cell phones back then, so we had kind of just lost touch with Mass G for years. Uh, I didn't keep in touch with them at all, and Joe probably did a little bit, but then you know, just fell out of, fell out of touch with them. So, uh, yeah, he can, you know, Mass G, if you can get him on, he can definitely take it, the story from there, finding the seeds and all that stuff. Uh, we didn't really get back in touch with him until, uh, you know, Oh five, something like that. Uh, 2005, uh, from just on the internet and seeing the sour diesel bud and uh, from Massachusetts. And so Joe kind of put two and two together and was online for a couple of years trying to corroborate this story of 
meeting Mass G and sending him that and it being the dog bud and uh, and then I was back east and got a bag of the sour diesel in like oh four or something and uh, called Joe Joe Brand in California I was like this stuff smells just like the dog bud and he was telling me about this store in line and finally I guess JJ uh, from Top Dog uh, got Mass G and Joe together and uh, and uh, yeah from then on they, they, they reconnected and G sent him Joe you know for the remaining seats that he had left yeah. uh, so that's how that kind of they got the, uh, back yeah okay so I mean I got two little questions so I mean that was the the whole reunion thing that people talk about exactly yeah and then the second yeah. part is does that mean that you know essentially you and Joe were just doing your own thing for about 10 years and the chem dogs were in existence so to speak but you weren't ex- we didn't know right about them oh, no wow. we weren't smoking them or or anything uh, so it was nice to you know reconnect with Mass G and and those guys and uh, and get those things <laughs> get yeah, okay. those genetics yeah. for sure so when you did kind of put the story together slash you know at whatever point you did believe it all were you just like kind of surprised by you know how many killer cuts had come from those 13 seeds like was it all a bit overwhelming at first it's crazy how that uh, one strain has changed the you know the face of the weed world for sure it's i mean i knew we knew it back then i'd never seen anything better than the dog until you know we hooked back up with mass g and got the you know the chem 91 and the d and you know and then you know joe popped the four and uh but yeah i mean it just uh never seen anything like it before in our lives yeah, okay. And so when you were first exposed to all the chem dogs, what was your initial favorite? Uh, I liked the 91 uh, the best uh, at so first. Maybe the and best question I'm, is, how? in yeah. what order were you exposed to them? In order, I was exposed 90. So we hooked back up with Mass G and I was in Connecticut and I would meet him up at the uh, <laughs> the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Mass. Such a nice, Mass G's just such a nice guy that, you know, he'd drive, you know, I don't know how long it was for him, but we'd meet there and he'd have this package for me, you know, of just all the chems. And so I got exposed to the 91D, let's see, and then, you know, the, the chem crosses that he did, uh, the bubble chem, and uh, then I got exposed to the chem sister. But I liked the 91 at first the, yeah. be- the best. Uh, I thought you- after years it kind of got the taste kind of faded, uh, but I've smoked some recently uh, in the last few years from, from Duke and it's you know it's he brings the flavor out for sure <laughs> yeah it's funny you mention that because um i mean 
I, when I first tried it, I was surprised by how, like, you know, weak or absent the flavor was. But at the same time, I was also surprised by how it was more present than I thought it would be at the same time. I know that sounds very paradoxical, but... Yeah. But it's, yeah. It's, it's, the strength's still there. I mean, it's still just as strong as... But the D, that is, you know, the smell is still there. The taste is still there. Uh, it just reeks. I mean, I know a lot of people love that, just rotten, smelling, yeah. um, funky, you know, yuck smelling. My wife calls it yuck, yuck, bud. <laughs> it just smells just nasty. But a lot of people, like, I love it. A lot, of, a lot of other people love it, too. And so, do you find that the D is, I, I don't know, I refer to it as like more functional than the 91, or do you think it's just still too crippling? It's crippling. It's close to the 91. I think the 91 is probably the strongest of, of all of them. It's got no ceiling. I mean, you just get higher and higher and higher. Uh, D is pretty close, though. Yeah, okay. And so... I think Skunk mentioned that your now favorite is the D. Is that the truth? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's taken over in, in the years. Just the smell and the taste, and uh, but that ninety-one's a close, close second. And so, I guess my question is, why do you think that the eighty-one? Uh, sorry, the D. <laughs> Um, why do you think that the D has been able to maintain those characteristics while the 91's faded off? Uh, I, it's not as old. Uh, he popped the, he popped Chem D in 2000, I believe. So it's nine years, you know, younger. younger. Uh, it's probably the, you know, the biggest reason, I would think. Okay. And so... If we go back to the story slash our little timeline, so if we just jump back to when G sent Joe those further beans, obviously you were in the loop at that point. Were you yep. really excited for what was going to come out of those beans? Yeah, it was great. Uh, Joe Brown was in California. I think I moved out there and moved in with them shortly after he got those. And uh, so the one, Chem 1, 2, 3, and 4, uh, 4 was... You know, the best Joe thought it was, it's definitely the biggest producer of all the chems. Uh, the D is, you know, probably close second. Uh, and so Joe kind of picked that one out as the best one and really was generous with it and gave it to, you know, a lot of people. Gave the one, two, and three to a few people that, think there's a couple people that have the three and maybe one or two people that have the chem one and two uh, they were more from what i remember more og like uh not as big not as a big producer smaller smaller buds but uh the four was the one that uh called the reunion pheno joe named it that uh and it's 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 everywhere and it's I, I love it a lot of the people in the chem family don't like it <laughs> it's kind of funny it's but uh it's I like it it's it's good it's the different smell than the rest for sure uh, which I think a lot of turns a lot of people off but I think it's 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 really strong for sure yeah I mean 
I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but um, I think it's because it won that. It won the Adam Dunn Cup this year, so uh, okay. it's saying something. So it's yeah. saying something. For me, it was the taste. Like it was like the yeah. D, but just not as good in taste wise. It's different. It's definitely a different taste than than the others for sure. But yeah. uh, I think the strength is 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 right there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think with all of the chem dogs, the strength is always there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. So, I've heard some rumors from some people that uh, the the Fino One that you just mentioned that that may have been the plant which went on to be that infamous uh, Joe Brand Ninety One. Would you be able to shed any light on that, or you got any opinions on that? On the Joe Brand, the the Joe B Ninety One. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not really sure where that one came from, and. Uh, I mean, I kind of have an idea, but I kind of really don't want to want to get into that. It's yeah, no a, worries. It's kind of confusing, uh, a confusing issue that I really can't really explain. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's uh, good though. It's it's really good. Uh, I know there's people here in Denver that have it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there are people who still breed with it because they think it's that good. You know, obviously they yeah. na- they name it correctly, but um, but yeah, I mean. One of the things I find so interesting about it is there seems to have been so many fake 91s, and I don't just mean like outright fake as in some random person has it, but as in like maybe someone close to the chem fam or even in the chem fam has a cut at one point and they think it's the right one and then it turns out it's not. And it just seems so like there's so many of the 91 out of all the cuts, you know, it was the one which there was seemed to be like the most replicas floating around. Yeah, it's. I would have to say it's the hardest one to get the original, you know, the real, besides the one and two. But uh, of the ones that are out there, I think the 91 is definitely the toughest one to get. If, you know, and I think a lot of people have, I've ruined, I've ruined a lot of people's days when they send me pictures and I got to just tell them that it's <laughs> definitely not it or they'll smoke me out on it and I have to tell them it's not it. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, I would have to say the hardest one, uh, to get. And that's, you know, thank God that, you know, skunk VA has has protected that thing over these years for sure. Cause it's a special one. Just to kind of put this point to bed. Cause I, I, I don't know how, but I get a lot of messages, people telling me the same thing that they've got the real 91. I don't know why they're messaging me, but I say the same too, like, it's pro- probably not it. So, my question is, have, has anyone, you know, like, and I don't mean to be rude to the people, but, like, just a random person not associated with you really in any way, has anyone ever, like, sent you a photo and you were like, hey, that's the real deal? Or is it always like, sorry, bro? It's pretty much always, because it's, you know, it's mostly people I don't know. So, uh, I, I know who kind of has that cut uh, out there, but... Most of the time, it's it's no. I mean, I'll see it on on the internet, you know, and different, you know, different media web. I'll, I'll see it and I'll be like, yeah, that's it. But uh, most of the people that send me pictures, it's not it's not it. Or smoke with me, it's not it. Yeah. And so, 
What were your thoughts on the initial chem dog hybrids? Uh, you mentioned the bubble chem. I think another one G made was uh, the dog waltz. How did you feel about yeah, those? J- that's JJ's oh, dog waltz. Yeah, a fabulous, fabulous. Uh, all the chem crosses are are great. Uh, Skunk VA or IC Collective or Skunk VA has that uh, chem scout, which is you know one of the best crosses that I've. One of the best chem crosses I've ever smoked. Uh, chem D by I-95 is a really, really good chem cross. Uh, but yeah, I, they're they're all good. They, yeah. they really are, if you have the real chem. And so when you saw how good these were as breeding stock, essentially, did the thought ever cross your mind to do a bit of breeding yourself? No, I've never really been interested in breeding. Uh, I let that to my buddies. Uh but I'm, I've always just been straight clone and kept mothers alive, and it's kind of what I've done, preservation, and uh, never really got into interested in breeding. I've always had – I was a golf course superintendent for, for years, and uh, so I always had a career and working, you know, 80 hours a week, and so I never really had the uh, – the time growing was always just a really part-time or well, growing marijuana was always a very part-time thing for me uh always did it but just part-time uh growing golf courses was my full-time gig yeah okay cool how did you transition into the job you have now which is at inc- uh, incredible edibles sorry uh I, when my son was born um he's four now i we didn't really want to put him in daycare uh, at that young of age, so um, my wife makes a lot of money, so I decided to uh, stay home and take care of Bobby for few, first few years of his life. And uh, so this past year, he uh, was old enough to go to, we wanted to get him into daycare and nursery school and stuff, so time for me to get back to work i worked for uh, elite cannabis for a little bit uh great company and uh, up in longmont and they do cbd so i was working in their greenhouse and managing their uh their uh, garden supply store uh and then um wanted something a little more closer to home and kind of put my name out there and uh derek uh contacted me and uh it was really the company that i wanted to work for because they just have such a good reputation uh they just put out such a good product they're they're everywhere in in the state uh and i just wanted to work for a good good company and and things worked out and and uh yeah very happy and so if we were to kind of talk a bit more about the edibles do you find that the chemdog strains work specifically well for edibles or not really about potency? There's a lot of other factors involved in what strains make for good edibles? Uh, not. We're going to get... Um, we're working on getting the chem four first uh, in and start growing that and doing... I think it'll work better with the uh, the live resin and the and the dabbing and the, you know, the oil, uh, I yep. think it'll make for a fantastic, I've smoked some chem four, 
oil before and it's absolutely amazing uh so i think that's uh what we're gonna do with the chem four yeah so i think it works better 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 for oil and so i mean you know this may be out of your kind of realm of uh scope but do you find or ever get any feedback of the strains that you're growing um that they're specifically good for edibles yeah, that's something I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I just, or I'm just locked in that warehouse and growing, <laughs> growing just the plants. Slide, slide and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I need to get to the other parts of the company. But uh, yeah, just been concentrating on the on the garden. So uh, yeah, that would be someone else in the Incredibles. You'd have to ask on uh, on the what's good for you know candy bars and yeah and that. Yep. Okay. So, when speaking to Skunk, there was a funny moment he described where, you know, he got back on the forums and, you know, he was kind of unaware of how the community perceived him in this sense. It was, you know, as like, you know, a very well-respected figure. Do you ever feel that way about yourself? Like, do you ever have to pinch yourself and say like, hey, like I'm a bit of a figure in the cannabis scene or do you just not really view it that way? I I mean, I, I know I am, but I don't really view it that way i was just kind of just living my life and and it to me it doesn't seem that exciting but uh but we had you know we had good times dead tour and met a lot of people and smoked a lot of weed and saved a lot of strains and you know so uh we're just kind of living living our life that's it but it's just amazing at what I just get blown away on the on the on the weed that that dog bud uh, has created. Uh, I just it, it amazes me that you know G Mass G found those seeds and and what became of them. Yeah, so I mean, this is an interesting point. I always think about is I think G was. I think he was 17 at the time of the concert, and maybe he was yeah. 18 when he popped the seeds, but he's a youngin. But the thing which always stands out in my mind was that um, he, he was very young when he popped those seeds, and regardless of if it was him or friends close to him, like, you know, those clones have managed to live on. Have you ever been, like, surprised or, you know, maybe more so impressed with how someone that young was able to kind of hang on to things loosely for all that time? Because I just think oh, about it's ama- it. Yeah, yeah it's amazing the insight he had that I, like I said, I could have, we could have had seeds, you know, and just thrown them away. Uh, he was one of those guys that went around and was looking for seeds and at a young age, which is, you know, pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, to, do what he did with those seeds is uh, is very impressive in, in in my mind. Yeah, and so have you ever really spoken to him about how many people he actually gave it out to? Because I mean, I've I've heard from a lot of people, and you even mentioned it earlier yourself that G is just a really nice guy, and you know he he does a lot for a lot of people. And I've always heard that he was never a hoarder per se, but at the same time. I always hear that, you know, like, no one has the real chem dog. So, it seems almost, like, paradoxical. Like, the guy who's got the real one seems to give it out, but no one has it at the same time. I think they held him pretty tight in their circle. I mean, I'm I'm not 
totally sure. You'd have to ask him on that one. But uh, just because it's just not, you know, it's just not out there. After 25 years, you'd think it would be out there a lot more. But uh, yeah, well, it's just not. It's just not. One of the conclusions I thought might have been the case was that, like, the people he was giving it to, they, they realized kind of the magnitude of the situation and they decided not to give it out because that could kind of explain it. That that could be it too, uh, you know. If you get something, you're like, "Oh my god, this is this is special." I want to keep it, you know, for myself. And you know, a lot of people, you know, will take these and you know go make trying to make money off them. And I, you know, I I don't really give them to to anyone. So uh, just out of respect for those guys and just uh i don't want people to go take it and go make a ton of money off it so yeah i i really don't give them out i get asked a lot but i just can't i'd spend all my time at the post office <laughs> mailing mailing cuts to people so so how do you feel about people who are making money off it and more specifically, especially when you're pretty much a hundred percent certain it's not even real? That's the part I don't like when you're just using the name. I mean, anyone can throw a name on something and trick people into, into buying their product. Uh, the guys that put out a good product and have taken the chem dog strains and like JJ, for instance, and, and made really good quality genetics with them. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. The people that are being deceitful and calling this chem 91 or calling this a chem, whatever, and chem, whatever, and not having real chem genetics. And, uh, that, that kind of rubs me wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, on that same note, do you think that, uh, just generally speaking, we will be able to put the chem dog into seed form, or do you think it's just one of those one in a millions? And you know, even if you could find the parents and do it, most of the seeds may not come out as strong or you know as similar. Yeah, I, personally, I don't think you're ever going to get that. That you're never going to get, you know, exactly what you know the clone is. I, I, I just don't think that's possible i mean you can get something close but uh i think skunk va is working on something that's lucky dog seeds that's what i that's what i'd be waiting for uh his work but if you want something close you know like start jj's you know the star dogs are really strong and there's a lot of crosses out there that are that are really strong but just you're not going to get you know the real the the chem 91 or the chem d or the chem 4 so yeah with that in mind do you do you want to kind of see g get into doing some seeds of his own because we've heard whispers of maybe him doing something like I would, that yeah i would love it now that you know massachusetts is legal uh he told me he was gonna he wanted to do something so uh i think that would be you know he deserves it the most uh He's really the one that, if it wasn't for him, you know, no one would be smoking, no one would be smoking the chems. So, yeah, anything, he succeeds, that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, I think I speak for everyone when we say that. 
Um, So, you mentioned earlier that Joe was online. Um, Were you ever really going online or not until the story kind of got pieced together and you realized that there were people online who knew about you? I was, I think I was online before that. I think I started on the Overgrow and then the IC Mag, uh, and I just picked Peabud as, as, uh, my handle. And then on IC Mag, this guy with that name high and lonesome, uh, from yeah. Virginia, I believe, uh, he kind of laid out the whole Chemdog 101 story on there. Really, really good with pictures and the whole story. Pretty, pretty accurate. You know, he did research and talked to everyone, and that's kind of how the whole. Uh, and that was 15, 15 years ago or something. So it's kind of how the whole Peabody and Joe Brand and internet thing kind of, kind of blew up. Yeah, I was going to say that's actually uh, an amazing thread for anyone who hasn't looked at it. You go, go. Yeah, it's great. It Chemdog. Yeah, you can search Chemdog One Hundred and One and IC Mag, and it's oh, that's the name. Got of it? pictures and yeah, Chemdog One Hundred and One. Yeah, it's got all. It kind of lays out the whole story. It's got the pictures, yeah. just killer. Uh, Joe, Joe actually comments on it just under like a, in one of the first comments, he's like just under a guest profile, like he didn't even have an account at that point. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, he's just like, hey, I'm, I'm that guy from the story. And like no one believed him at first. And then yeah. he basically posts proof and it's like, whoa. Yeah, he, that's, and Joe did a lot of, I mean, he was on the internet for a few years uh, trying to sell that stuff sell the story which was true and uh yeah finally uh it i mean he must have said it so many so many times on the internet jumping into forums and saying this is you know where it came from and just got shut down for years and then finally got uh reconnected with mass g and uh yeah vindication yeah so so after you did reconnect with mass g through joe b or whatever it may be um did you stay in contact with him or was it still kind of a sporadic relationship no i've stayed contact with him since you know 06 i've been you know we were, saw him at the dead shows last year in chicago and uh you know talk talk a bunch of you know text and stuff like that so yeah we we keep in touch for sure and i you know, I buy, I buy a pipe from it. You know, every six months. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to get a little one. <laughs> um, so basically, when when G went down due to that whole res business, were you yeah. were you just peripheral to that, or were you kind of like? I was pretty peripheral to that. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, and I guess they got the last couple seeds too. Uh, yeah. The feds got the last, I think, two seeds, so uh, which was too bad. But yeah, I was kind of not really around him then. And so, did you have any um, experience with Res? Because it's a, like, I mean, it's it's almost a taboo thing to talk about Res. But at the same time, what I find most interesting <laughs> about it is, for all the negative things he's done, there's almost just as many people who want to talk about how good his chem dog crosses were. Yeah, love people loved his chem dog crosses. Just, yeah. uh, I only knew him just from the internet. He just had a, you know, big attitude and. Uh, you know, wasn't afraid to get into it with people. And, uh, but yeah, he made some good crosses, but, 
yeah, just no, bad, bad decision. Just a bad, yeah, bad. Just don't like to talk talk about the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's no worries. When when G was in jail, I mean, this might just be totally unrelated, but like, I mean, how did that affect Chem Family? And more so, like, what, is Chem Family just this loose term to you, or is it actually something more than that? You know, like, uh, I think it's you know, it's it's kind of loose term, but it's you know, there's you know, people that know the story and that are involved in it, and uh, you know, friends of G's, friends of you know, my JJ those guys but uh joe's but yeah it's kind of different groups of people i guess together that are associated with it and so have you guys ever thought about like uh, maybe pushing is not the right word but you know like creating a brand similar to the way cookie fam have done it and you know in my opinion they've almost uh detached themselves from being a hundred percent associated with cannabis and it's more just a brand now you know have you ever have you guys ever thought about that with the chem fam or I, not really i think about it all the time I, yeah i would i would love to uh it's just we're kind of all in different areas of the country and doing different things and um i've always had a career and just you know just the the time but uh would love to someday would love to i know Mass G has the copywriter for the got the name Chem Dog or Chem Family or something. So, um, yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah, that was funny. Duke told us the story about how you ended up getting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, pretty pretty interesting. So, how do you feel about Chemdog being put into feminized form, regardless of which cutting it is? Because the reason why I ask that is because it's one of those strains where you you really never find a real deal Chem ninety one feminized or a real deal Chem D feminized. Do you think that's something which the Chem fam has thought about and thought like we don't want that to happen, or it's just you guys thought they wouldn't like the seeds themselves wouldn't turn out very good, or what's your opinion on that? Uh, I would love to see it happen. Uh... But I would like to see, you know, Skunk VA or Mass G or, you know, one of those guys do it. Not, you know, not, you know, not anyone else. So, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's what um, is a really good reason to be getting Skunk stuff because as far as I'm concerned, like, I don't know if I'd really trust many people except for, like, you know, you and Tommy to be, have the legitimate 91. Yeah, no, I, I would jump on the skunk VA seeds. I actually, my friend got some for me in at the Emerald cup, uh, which you were out at, right? Yeah. I was hanging out. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so he's got those in Durango for me. So next time I see him, I'll, I'm going to grab them. Oh, uh, I'm after those Durangos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for those and I'm not a seed guy at all. So, yeah, but I'm excited for this. So this is a question I've been asking everyone in the Chem Fam, and I think I might not actually get an answer until I can ask G himself. But I remember reading this post online. And it said that like I think it was from like G's point of view, like he was writing it, and um, and he said that he always found that like chem- it just said Chem Dog, so I assume maybe it means the ninety one. Um, he said that that always came out best if you grew it organically, but then in the later part of flower, it used like a synthetic PK booster, and it really brought out the Chem flavor. Do you know if there's any truth to that? Have you ever heard anyone say anything like that or not? You couldn't really comment on it. 
Uh, yeah, I couldn't really comment on that. Uh, well, how do you, what's I just know I, I'm, I'm not an organic. I mean, I'm like 80% organic. Uh, so, and I take, I guess it's the, taking it, a lot of people take it to 70 days and, uh, you know, Duke likes to take it and I think skunk VA too a lot you know shorter than that like 60 days so uh they say that really brings out the flavor uh let it go too long gets more of a narcotic high and the taste kind of kind of fades so i got some now going in my basement that i'm going to take at 60 days this time i've always taken it at like 70 so i'm going to give that a shot and see what happens well, I mean, with that in mind, what was the strongest batch of 91 you've ever had in, and who grew it? I would have to, I mean, just the first time I really smoked it, you know, it was from G, from G so I'm going to say from him. <laughs> just, <laughs> just you know, memory is just like, wow, just uh, so strong. It just brought me back to smoking that dog bud and Crested Butte and on dead tour in 1991 so i'd have to say mass g's the best 91 i've smoked with tommy tommy a close second yeah yeah have you ever have you ever tried um skunks because i tommy actually says that he thinks yeah i have i've tried i've tried his and his is phenomenal too yeah uh yeah Yeah. but no i've i've had more mass g's and, and tommy's so yep and so, when you, I mean, just going back to when you were first smoking the 91, for example, was, was it just like, I mean, I, I try to describe to people what smoking the 91 is like, and I all I can say is like, it's just a different beast, you know, like it's really just uncomparable to a lot of strains in many regards. Um, did you feel that way at first? Like, was there anything that could compare to it at all, or was it just so foreign at the time? Just because I hadn't smoked, you know, we smoked the dog bud. 91 that summer that was it and then you know i smoked the 91 and you know, not until like 05 so uh yeah it was absolutely just amazing the narcotic high it has and the expand it that expandness in your lungs where you try to hold it in it's just like it's just growing and expanding in your lungs and you gotta just you gotta blow it out and uh and then just instantly, instantly high after it. It's just, just strong. It's just strong, strong weed. Yeah, I mean, the first time I had it, I think I almost kind of greened out. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you don't get immune to it. There's no ceiling. It's just, uh, it's great medicine. I mean, if you have stomach problems or, uh, you know, anything like that, I, it, it, it's great for that. So, I mean, the the dog bud, you know, that's often referenced as, you know, uh, the parent or maybe just loosely as like the closest thing to the chem dog, at least back in the day. But, I mean, you also mentioned the skelly hash plant, which is kind of a new cut that's come on the scene. We, what do you, where do you think the chem dog originates from? You know, there's a lot of debate. Uh, the dog bud from... Um, people that have over the years that have asked the guys that brought it into Crested Butte where it came from it was like some valley in Oregon uh, 
where it came from. I don't know if it was being grown there, uh, uh, indoors there or not, but that's where I heard it came from. Uh, the Camas, Camas Valley in Oregon, I think is what it was called. But we still don't, you know, don't know for sure uh, where it came from. But the Skelly Hash Plant is, uh, that was from 1987, I believe. Uh, friends of friends went over to Amsterdam and brought, bought some seeds just labeled Hash Plant in a coffee shop in Amsterdam and brought them back Uh to Leadville, Colorado, and uh, I think there were six seeds, and this this one was the was the keeper, and uh, yeah, it went to Crested Butte, and uh, a guy named Skelly, that was his nickname, was kind of the guy that grew it, was kind of the master of growing it, uh, and that's where it came, Skelly Hash Plant, uh, it was called, and then kind of got renamed the puck uh because my friend would go over my friend fatty would go over to my friend rob's house and would always go do you have any of the puck do you have any of the puck and finally we're like what the heck are you talking about and rob had kept his hash plant in this fly fishing uh container that holds flies it's like a plastic yeah. and it was black from the resin and it looked like a hockey puck. So fatty would, he just kind of named it the puck. And, uh, <laughs> so he must've spread that around. I've, I've lost contact with him, but he must've spread that around Colorado pretty, pretty good. And, uh, so when I got back, I moved up here to Denver and with a friend and he's like, I go, yeah, I got this string on this hash plant string. It's really, really old. He's like, oh, you mean the puck? And I just put two and two together. I was like, fatty, you are just, he's just one of the funniest guys I've ever met. And he spread that word around Colorado, the puck. So it kind of changed the name of it. Uh, but it's just an old, uh, strong, another really just strong, uh, strong string. Yeah, I mean, it's another one that's in a league of its own. Um, yeah, it's ha- just, it's crazy. Have you ever seen anything that maybe, you know, the third in that trifecta, or do you think at the moment the 91 and the puck are in a league of their own? They're pretty much in a league of their own. And they, we, they always, you know, we smoke that, ha- we're smoking pea bud, and then the hash plant, skelly hash plant puck came around, and that just was just insane. And then we've really never compared anything to the hash plant except the dog bud. So those two really are just the two uh, strongest, most incredible strains that I've ever seen. Yeah, without a doubt. So how do, how do you deal with people trying to give you, you know, quote, the real history of the chem dog? Is it at the point now where... You've had so many people try to tell you, you know, about your life that you just don't even care anymore or you just frustrate you. <laughs> we just got into it with a guy on Instagram the other day about his he thought his uncle was his uncle had the chem dog before Mass G and it was always spelled D A W G and so yeah, it's a you know, a weekly monthly thing at least. Uh but I've heard so many so many stories and so many people's claims and uh 
it's just frustrating because we lived it and I know it's true and you know it was our life and you know Mass G's life and uh, you know there's a guy there's Mass G and you know there, there's the guys that should get credit for it and uh, Joe Brand and you know those guys so when people try to take credit for it it's uh, nah, it's pretty weak but uh, it's I'm used to it now yeah and so I mean it's probably a question a lot of people are asking is that um, or thinking in their mind is that Joe Brand's been seemingly absent from the scene for a while. Do you think he'll ever pop his head back up, or maybe he's not interested so much? Uh, he's never really been a, you know, internet and out there kind of guy. Uh, you know, I hope someday he does, but uh, I tried to call him and see if he wanted to do do this interview, but uh, I didn't get in touch with him. But, you know, hopefully someday, you know, he will. Uh, I love the guy, and no hope for the best for him, for sure. Yeah. And so, maybe a little left of the last question is, you've been around long enough now that you've you've seen strains come and go, and you've probably seen far more, quote, fad strains than just Blue Dream and Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. What, what do you think will stand the test of time, and what do you think is hot right now that's going to pass? Uh, I mean, I... I'm really starting to get into all the OGs like the TK and the SFV. And, uh, you know, I think those things will always be around, uh, you know, the headband and, uh, uh, all those, you know, those good, like I think TK and SFV are just two of the best OGs out there. And, uh, I think they'll, they'll stand the test of time. Uh, and whatever people can, you know, that Chem Scout is amazing. Uh, you know, the st- no, JJ stuff is amazing. Uh, so there's a lot of people getting more and more Chem Crosses out there. And uh, I think, you know, if you have a good Chem Cross, it'll stand the test of time for sure. And so well, I was going to say, does uh, how does that star killer you've been raving about line up to those? <laughs> it's good. Uh it's good, you know. I've, I'm not a big fan of uh, the, the the Scots OG or the Rug Brand. I mean, they're they're good, but this Star Killer is a step above. It's it's uh, it's right up there with with some of the better OGs for sure. And it's won, I think it's won multiple multiple awards too. Uh, so this is my first time growing it. So I'm uh, I'm excited to see. I got about. 30 more days on that so we'll yeah. see so have you got a little seed library of your own i mean you probably do but the question is what what's the next thing you're excited to pop because i'm always interested to know you know like what, what are you personally interested to get going soon gotta give people give me seeds all the time so i do have a pretty good selection uh what I do is just because I don't have really the space and the time is I give them to good, good friends and have that are into, you know, popping seeds and, uh, and then they'll find good stuff and then I can get <clears throat> clones of that or, or, uh, or whatever. But, uh, these chem de la chem seeds I got, uh, which is chem D by 95. Uh, my buddy just popped some of them and, uh, so yeah, we'll see. Or oh, I, yeah. he actually harvested some of that, uh, and it, it turned out great. So, uh, but yeah, mostly I, I, 
I give seeds to a couple good buddies and uh, and they they pop them and we see what we get. Yeah. And so, in terms of your personal garden, are you like uh, kind of like just a few strains and they're your staples and you just run them, or are you always experimenting, or are you like you know me and Duke call it the uh, or is it the Lonely Island weed where you know like, <laughs> you just grow the one strain? <laughs> <laughs> I like for just. I'm growing now just for, you know, personal use where before I grow for income. So when I was growing for income, it was more one strain and, you know, the money strain, the big producer. Uh, Now I grow a nice, you know, nice variety. So I got, you know, SFE, TK, Starkiller, Chem D by 95, uh, Chem 91, Chem D. So I got, you know, all those going right now so it's uh yeah it's nice to have different flavors for sure yeah and have you ever had someone tell you that like a chem dog cut was specifically good for a certain condition because i remember when i asked tommy this he said that the chem 91 is great for people who want to gain weight because it gives you the munchies <laughs> but, um, oh <laughs> but yeah you know have you ever heard anyone say you know oh, this is good for crohn's or something like that crohn's like chem 4 i've got a couple of people that uh have crohn's and love the chem 4 uh works works great for them uh, i guess stronger strains i don't know may may work for that that disease but yeah uh and then, you know, I know the Chem 91 is good for any stomach issue, for sure. It got me through my stomach flu last year during 420. Uh, so, yeah, it's they're, they're great medicinal strains, for sure. Yeah. And do you ever see Chem Dog being explored more by the general public as a medicinal strain? Or do you think it's just not... It's. I mean, I guess the way I think about it is, it seems like it's like um like a band aid for a bullet in some ways. You know, like it's it's a very broad acting strain, but I don't know if it seems specific in many ways. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, in specifics, uh, I would love to see it. You know, used in medicine. Uh, for sure, it's just so strong. I don't know how. Uh, you know the side effects, or you know, I don't. I, I'm just not sure on. Yeah. You know the the, the medicinal part of the chems, uh, but I I know for Chrome's Chem Four and stomach issues, any chem. Yeah, without a doubt. I think it would be interesting to see, like, uh, you know, a 91 or a D cross to a really strong yes, CBD, CBD strain. Or, yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. Um. So. This is just a, a bit of a pot question here, but I think it's a good one. The 91 show itself, right? Despite everything that happened, you know, it's gone down as a legendary show. Do you remember the show itself? Like, was it actually a good show? Because I thought, wouldn't it be so ironic if, like, arguably the most important, you know, dead show in <laughs> cannabis history was actually a mediocre one in terms of the music? Well, for me, uh, the dead kind of started going downhill 91 you know after brent died he died in 90 uh i wasn't a big vince fan uh bruce tornsby played with him for a while but he had stopped show was good i just remember a jack straw bertha opener which is like my favorite combination opener uh but uh don't really remember the 
show too well. The dead were kind of, you know, 91, 91 was a good year. 92, 93, 94, 95 were all kind of, uh, the scene was getting bad and, uh, Jerry was just ill and, uh, the dead were good when they were healthy. Um, uh, yeah, straight up, straight up, you know, when they, were, when they were healthy, they were good. When Jerry was all fucked up, you know, it was sloppy and, uh, and the shows were still good, but they weren't great when, like, 1990 was probably the last uh, great, great year. Uh, Spring Tour 90 was probably the great, last great year, so. Yeah, okay, wow. <clears throat> but it was a good show. It was a good show. It was a good, cool venue. Deer Creek is great. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like, farmland and cornfields and camping and fun times yeah so i mean the grateful dead you know they kind of passed on the torch metaphorically to fish when they kind of finished up but i've never heard of there being you know that same impact on the cannabis scene as what the dead had you know like i've never heard of there being like a car park scene at a fish show for example do you think that that was a a, sorry a grateful dead exclusive thing like do you think we'll ever get another you know, uh, I don't know how to say it, like cannabis revolution the way we did with the Grateful Dead or not necessarily? I think it's people are getting them, getting it other places now. Just, uh, I think back then it was, I mean, like Skunk VA said, it was, I don't know if she said this or someone said this, that, you know, Dead Tour was kind of like the first Facebook. Uh, so it was a way of connecting with people and you knew they were going to be at that, next venue and uh so it was kind of uh i don't know if fish does that i don't really go i've never been to a fish show before uh but yeah i'm not really sure if what the scene is like there so i probably couldn't uh comment on that but i know the dead was the first the first facebook really for social media. And do you think that besides uh, the chem dog, that the, the quote car park scene of the Grateful Dead's contributed a lot to cannabis in terms of like recognizable strains? Like, had you ever heard of like, oh, someone got, you know, like a TK cut at a dead show? Or like, it seems like chem dog is the big one that gets talked about in regards to the Grateful Dead. Yeah, chem dog's definitely the, the big one. Uh, I think more it was more of you know selling flowers at the at the show selling selling buds and uh, and you know I'm sure you know cuts and stuff like that were traded uh, but the chem dog one is the is the is the big one that you know most people associate with that. So, I mean, how do you feel about the OG in relation to the chem dog? Because, I mean, I realized just as I asked that question, there was a big major flaw in that, I mean, in my mind, I feel like the chem dog is either the daughter or the sister or like some some close relative to the chem dog. So, I mean, you're probably not going to get an OG cut at a Grateful Dead show back in the day. But how do you feel all of that relates together? Are you of the same school of thought that it's probably some close relative? Or I think they're, I think they're related for sure. Uh, I think... OG is uh, just a, you know an S one from a bag of 
91. Uh, I mean, I can't prove it, but that's my thoughts. I think now that I'm growing OGs, they, they, they remind me of the 91, uh, you know, not as big of buds, but they, they definitely remind me of it. So, uh, that's, that's what I think. But the OG question is kind of a tough one to crack for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, if you were in G's position back in that time when, you know, he was fresh 17 or 18, do you think you would have been able to keep the cuts alive as well as he did? Depending on my, back at that young, probably not. No, just because I wouldn't have had the, I wouldn't have had the spot to do it. Uh, Just, I was, living just at my parents house and i wouldn't have been able to to do that sort of thing uh but thank god he did (laughs) yeah i mean the reason i'm just so amazed like i just i i I don't i I haven't met anyone who's truthfully said that like yes i could have been in that position and also kept those cuts alive for all those years it's just so mind-blowing it's it's awesome and just uh yeah the work and uh that he did to, to keep those alive uh, and the crosses and all that. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Have you ever asked him why he waited such long periods of time in between popping the successive seeds? Like, I've always wondered, why did he wait four years between popping the first and the next batch? Like, surely... Yeah, I'm not sure why he did that. I think it was smart. Uh, I think he knew he had something special. And didn't want to blow it all, maybe. Uh, yeah, and do it over over time. Just uh, nice because he sent those four seeds to Joe, <laughs> which was which was pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, a lot of I'm people glad he did that. Yeah, a lot of people probably really kind of. I don't know how to phrase it, you know, like they're probably thinking I wouldn't have done that if they were in his position, you know, given that he knew what the seeds were at that point. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think that was huge of him to do and just such a nice nice thing because after Joe got back in touch with him, he could have just been like, oh, yeah, nice to nice to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, see that. Uh, you know, you can have some cuts, but, you know, not – not for the seeds so yeah i think that was a great thing he did yeah so i mean not necessarily in relation to giving the seeds to joe because obviously that was a very nice thing to do but if you were in g's position would you have ever done it differently like would you have popped them all at the start or just sat on them for longer or you know what would you have done Hmm, tough question uh i would have probably i would have probably popped them all uh and just you know, gotten what we got, and then saved saved those. Uh, you know, kept all the keepers and saved them. So yeah. So this is a, an interesting thing I've been told, which you probably have been told as well, is that someone's told me before. They said I think that the chem dog seeds were a result. They're all S ones basically, and I said yeah, but there was that male, you know, and that kind of ruins that theory yeah and then they were like yeah but no one ever saw that mail it's almost like that mail was like conveniently inserted into the story so that people wouldn't think they were s1s 
And I thought about that and I thought, well, I, I, I see what you're saying, you know, like the fact the male was there does show that they probably weren't S1s. But at the same time, I don't see why G would lie about them, you know, like what does he have to gain from that really? Yeah, he's um, nothing to gain. Yeah, I mean, but, and he wasn't putting himself and he killed it, so he wasn't really putting himself in a good light. But, uh, yeah, I don't – that yeah, he's so, telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. So, I guess what the question really was was that um, given that there was males there, what do you speculate the father was? You know, I, I, I don't believe they're S1s. How, I guess you've kind of said the same. Yeah, that, that I'm not – I'm not really sure what the father is. Uh, Tommy would probably know that better than better than me being a breeder and knowing that sort of thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, I would I wouldn't yeah. know. Yeah, the reason I ask that is just because um, a lot of people have this, you know, thought that the father is what passes on the potency more so, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm always interested to know what the father of things is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think maybe the puck could be related to the to the dog bud uh, some way. Uh, yeah, I've kind of always thought that they're very similar. So I mean, for you, given that you have been trying all of this, you know, high quality weed from back in the early roots, so to speak, do you think that um, the modern day hybrids are standing up to those old favorites, or? You know, do you still find yourself reminiscing about the past? I think the past, yeah, I, there's there's a few that can stand up to the to the chems, but uh, that most of them just don't. Uh, they just don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so, do you think that modern hybrids have mostly improved on flavor and not so much potency per se? Yeah. I think a lot of people are out there for the flavor uh, where I've always been for the potency. Uh, not really. I don't really care too much what it tastes like. It's got, you know, but good weed tastes good. I mean, they, it just does. It, I like that expanding in your lungs and uh, coughing and all that stuff. I like, the, I like the strong stuff. That's why I've just, I, I smoke chems and OGs. That's about it. Yeah. You don't ever dabble in any glassworks, do you? No, no. Just just buy them. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just the reason I ask is it's like it seems like there's so many people in the chem firm who dabble in it, you know, whether it be... Um, yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure in his real name. Is it Weasel? I think he's also a glass blower. Yeah, he's... Yep, yeah, he, he, he blows glass. Uh, he's got some... JJ has a couple good pieces from him. Oh, is uh, that is he the one who did that fish one for JJ? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, no, I, I, not not the the fish one. No, that's a guy here in Colorado, but it's like old school, just old school pipes. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, they're nice work for sure. But yeah, G's, G does great. He does yeah. great work. I love his style, the old school. Just I just love it. Yeah, I need to get um one of those like little mini chillum type things tommy had one and i was using that and i just like fell in love with it yeah that's a cool the mini hammers are really cool uh and then you know his bubblers they're all it's all all good stuff yeah yeah for sure and that's the other thing I, i'm always telling because people like in australia are just getting into glass really heavily now and i'm always oh, okay. telling people like 
because they say, you know, like, I mean, I'm not a glass expert or anything, but they they always ask me, you know, who should I get my glass from? And it's like, well, there's only one name I'm going to tell you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Chemdog Glass, yeah. He yeah. makes, I love his colors and uh, the, the, the millies he puts in on there. It, it, it's, it's nice. Yeah, and I remember Tommy was even saying, like, some of those millies are, like, quite old and rare even, so, like, you truly are getting your money's worth. Oh yeah, you, in the time he puts into them, and, and yeah, uh, all handmade. Yeah, they're great. I've got a dead fifty piece that he made. Oh wow! Uh, for the dead shows last year, and it's got like ten dead millies in it, and uh, yeah, it's 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 my favorite piece. That's the one. If I break, I'd be I'd be crying. Yeah, it's funny. I got a few <laughs> dead ones in mine. It's like I always have to tell people what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Um, so I think a good way to get back into this would be, um, you know, like Chemdog is just the, uh, the epitome of Indica, you know, you really can't get more Indica than that. How do you balance the sativa side out? Cause I, it's interesting when I was talking to Mr. Soul, the way he described was Chemdog was like, it was that perfect counterpoint to the really super sativas he enjoys smoking. You know, it can kind of bring you back to earth when you've blasted off too hard. How do you view sativas in relation to chemdog and or is it just like chemdog feels you need and you don't venture to that side of the river so to speak i don't really venture to sativas uh i mean i think sativas are really good like daytime you know get you up and going and good for like at work and stuff but uh i've just always liked the you know the just the knock you dead high so I've always, I just want to smoke the pot that gets you the highest. That's <laughs> that's my personality. So sativas really never really did it for me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just I I just love the the potent, really strong, strong stuff. And so, how do you think the scene would have progressed if there was never any chem dog? It seems like a bit of a weird question, but. I always like to think about this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it would be a sad world out there, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like they're, you'd, I'd, I'd have another favorite weed out there, I guess. Which, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's everything kind of... Everything I like came from Cam, so... Yeah, that that's exactly it, isn't it? Because it's an interesting kind of thought exercise to do with yourself where you think of, like, all these big-name strains and if they've got Cam in it or it's suspected, you kind of cross them off the list. You're not left with much, are you? No, you're not. Like, you know, Gorilla Glue's out and, you know, Sour Diesel's out and you know, all those really good good Ooh. strains wouldn't be here. You just said the special word Gorilla Glue. What do you think about it? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I like it. I mean, I've grown it one one time. Uh, I liked it. I kind of got sick of it, uh, but uh, it was strong. I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the Gorilla Glue. Yeah, well, I, something about the Gorilla Glue which really reminds me of the Chem is, I mean, a a lot of people love Gorilla Glue, but no one really shows that same love to uh, the Chemsys. And I think that a lot of the high or the enjoyment of the high from the Gorilla Glue probably yeah, it's from comes from the chem. chem. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the taste is the chocolate. It's kind of chocolatey and smell to me, but yeah, the high is definitely the, 
the sister for sure i mean that's where it gets its strength yeah and the other interesting thing about the gorilla glue which i think it it, it definitely has parallels with the chem dog is that it seems now you're starting to get these fake gorilla glues going around much like the fake chem dogs and so you get this situation i think it was tommy who said it where it's like you know everyone's had the chem dog but no one's had the chem dog how right you, yeah how, exactly how do you feel about that per se like do you feel like that's a pretty accurate reflection because yeah like some people yeah, write think, it off. yeah i think a lot of people you know claim that they have it and smoked it or whatever but i think the percentage of that is pretty is pretty low uh i know the night i know that's the f- case on the 91 you know the four is out there and more available uh joe is really generous and giving that out to a lot of lot of people in 06 and uh it's kind of made its way around yep and so i mean if we look at both JJ's and Rez's work, we see that they both chose to work with the Chem D. And yep. we know that you like the Chem D more. But in many ways, I find it an interesting choice because just the, the raw potency of the 91 seems like it would be just an obvious one to work with. Do you, do you agree with this trade-off they've done, so to speak, where you know the presumption is they've thought well, it's not quite as strong, but it's got better flavor or maybe better breeding properties. Do you, do you agree with that choice they made or would you have done it differently? No, I agree with it. Uh, I think the D is so close to potent, as potent as the 91. Uh, it's close. It's just got that. I think more people like that have, that have smoked the real 91 and the D like the D better overall i think uh yeah and it's 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 very close to being as strong as a 91 so i think that's probably the the smell and the it's it's a better yielder than the 91 so could be another reason well i mean do you agree with uh i think it was not skunk himself but his his former friend in the story he told where he was saying you know like he feels like there's something about the chem dog where it's like it's tied to the stars where, you know, like it's this real fickle plant that's hard to master, so to speak. Do you think that's true or maybe it's just, we didn't understand plants the way we do now? No, I think it's true. I think, uh, you gotta have experience growing the, the cams. They got stuff they like and stuff they don't like. Uh, but in, and skunk VA has been growing that strain for, he's probably the, you know, number one expert on the, on the 91 for sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would, you know, whatever he says, I would, I would believe it. <laughs> yeah. That's <seems laughs> the case. Right. Come yeah. <laughs> so if you had to pick the genetics, which you think would best complement the 91, I guess to put it in a realistic sense, if you had to pick a male, you know, which genetics do you think would complement the 91 the best? Because, uh, I think I asked Duke and he said that, yeah, he agreed that the Afghani land race that both JJ and Rez picked was a good complement to the D. How do you feel about the 91? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I agree with, with what those guys said. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, not trying to talk negatively about her, but what are some of the uh, the downsides about the chem dogs which don't frequently get mentioned? I mean, the flavor was brought up a few times by a few people, including us. So what what are some things which people don't often consider, which the, you regard? The, the, the chem can, you know, throw out nanners and uh, could variegate and uh, the chem 91s, you know, not the biggest producer. Uh but, you know, those things really don't, you know, the D is probably, that's probably the biggest problem with that one is throwing out those bananas. Uh, but they're not really, there's nothing in them. And uh, they don't really, it's not like a lot of them unless it gets stressed. But uh, those are probably like the, the biggest problems with it. Yeah, see, it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of the best strains throughout history have been created from the 91, uh, throwing pollen on other things. But as you just mentioned, that, that the, the nanas on the D, they're uh, infertile, so to speak. Yeah. So, do you, do you find that the 91 is easy to Hermy, so to speak? Because that's, that's something I'm always thinking about, you know, given all these strains originate from it, I would have thought it was easy to Herm. How do you find it? No, I think they are all yeah easy easy to harm for sure. Okay, interesting. And so, I mean, you know, if if it's not too much effort, how, give us a quick rundown of what your grow style is. Uh, I do soil or uh, cocoa. I just switched over to cocoa. Uh, I'm running Botanicare. Uh, I got a friend that works for Botanicare, and he's. Hooked me up with their whole line, uh, their cocoa, and uh, this run, and everything's everything's looking good. I just uh, I just I, I hand water and just out of a watering can. I'm very uh, very you know nothing nothing special at all. Just uh, in my basement and three lights and uh, enough for me and my wife and some friends. So. Uh, yeah, it's 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 good and it's all legal and uh which is great so very happy with uh with my basement my little basement grow <laughs> <laughs> that's my new motto in life because at work at work i'm taking care of a thousand plants and uh so i come home and take care of 10 and it's 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 pretty easy so <laughs> yeah okay well i mean <laughs> On that note, what's some tips for people who are looking to grow large numbers, you know, like you must have to do things in, you must be looking for shortcuts all the time given you look after so many plants. Yeah, it's, and we're, uh, we're doing soil right now, uh, so we're hand watering everything, which takes quite a bit of time, but we're up close and personal with the plants, and it's, when you get into the big, things like that you just have to be more just on top of things uh preventative and start when the you know the plant's small and you know just make sure it's really really healthy to fight off any just bugs or diseases or mildew or anything like that and just really start from the beginning and make sure the plant's healthy all the way through uh it's hard in in the the warehouse, but uh, staying on top of it. But uh, it's just it's just a lot of hours and and uh, and hard work and 
uh, a good team for sure. Yeah. So, do you see yourself um, ever trying to turn Chemdog into like a, a full-on thing for yourself? Like, I just remember briefly chatting to Skunk, and he just mentioned that you know, like he would love to be able to open like you know, like the Chemdog Mecca, so to speak. Is that something you would envision wanting to do, or are you? I would so- love to be a part of it uh, for sure and help in any way I can. Uh, Right now, I'm just kind of focusing on, you know, my job and, and working at Incredibles and yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, I would love to be involved and help any of those guys out with whatever I could whatever I could do. As far as I know, you were, or people seem to tell me that you you were the first person to kind of get the Skelly back into you know, the, the familiar crew's hands. What was that process of tracking it down like? Well, my good friend Rob uh, lives in Crested Butte. He's the one that won the, he won the Adam Dunn Cup. Came in second place with the hash plant two years ago and then won it this year with the Chem 4. Uh, he's been holding on to it since 87, Uh He's lived in the same place in Crested Butte, so he's stable. Uh, but he has kept it, you know, for all these years. Him and a couple other people in Crested Butte uh, have been keeping it alive for since 1987. So, you know, all the credit goes to uh, Rob and those guys down in Crested Butte. Yeah. And have you ever made an attempt to try to track down the growers of the original dog bud or do you think it was just it'd just be too hard to do it'd be hard like the guy that i think they're all probably a lot old you know a lot older and you know not on the internet and uh to find them would be hard uh the guy that brought it into crested butte still lives in crested butte and he's the one that told my friend that it came from the camas valley in oregon uh not sure if he's in touch. I don't think he's in touch with the people that, you know, he got it from. So, uh, it's, it's been 25 years of trying to find that, that strain again. And it's, yeah, I've, I haven't, I haven't found it or where it came from or, or what. So, uh, yeah, maybe in the future. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe they're still growing it the dog bud in Oregon. So who knows? (laughs) Just had its name changed. Yeah. You know, yeah, you never know. So how do you feel about how the public has received the chem dog? I mean, it's, I think I saw an interview with G in it where he said that he feels over the past few years, uh, the public has really like warmed to it where in the past people used to really write it off. But I think, just maybe due to exposure, more people have had the real thing and are like really impressed by it. How do you feel? I think, about yeah, it? if you smoked the real thing, I think, you know, I think more people have smoked the real thing. And once you smoke the real thing, it's, you'll not, you'll, you won't forget it. Uh, I mean, I've had so many people tell me in the last couple of years that it's their favorite strain. It's, that's the best one that they've ever smoked. And, Never will smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, 
you know, at certain parts throughout the history, because obviously a lot of people, ex- you know, basically everyone excluding you and the people directly involved, they're, they're getting a lot of their information from online. So, there, there are periods where, um, for example, I think it was around that High Times article that they did with G, um, where certain cuts were just thought not to be around. Like, I think G thought he had lost the 91 and it was just gone. We, mm-hmm. Were you ever in that boat where there were times when you thought, oh, well, there goes the Chem D forever, and then, like, it turns out you get it back from a friend of a friend or something? Or was it always pretty well controlled and you never really thought things were gone forever? Since we got them, it's pretty much – it's pretty controlled. Uh, it's never been lost. I think that happened, you know, earlier, uh, back in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, but since we've and my friends have had it, there's pretty much, you know, if you lose it, I know someone else, you know, reliable has it. So, uh, like we got the Chem D back. I got my Chem D back a couple years ago, and this guy's had it since we gave it to him in you know '06 when we first got it, and then got it back from him a few years ago. So. And he's he's kept it, and he still has it, and will have it for forever. I think people don't want to lose it, so they they put in a lot of effort in trying to preserve it. Yeah, and I mean, Tommy mentioned that uh, you can revitalize clones by vegging them out in the sun for a season and uh, letting them get really big, and then taking some nice clones off them and bringing them yeah. back inside. Have you um, ever seen that done with any of the chem dogs? And if so, did they come out any better than beforehand? Never seen that done with the chem dogs. It's always kind of been an indoor venture the last uh, since we, since you know since I've since I've had them access to them. So it's always been yeah, just keeping them alive indoors. Yeah, and so. If you could only pick, say, two of all the chem dogs, which would you want to keep? Two ninety-one in the D. Is it an easy choice? Yeah, it's, that's easy. If you're giving me two choices, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get, you know, what's three then? What comes in third? For me, it would be four. It'd be the four. A lot of people wouldn't wouldn't say that but i i like the four i like the high of it uh i think it's very medicinal uh instant high taste isn't the best but yeah probably four would be third yeah okay and then i guess the the number one is the d number one is d 91 close second if you're taking everything like smell taste high everything d is d is number one in my book and that means like you know the only thing you if you had to pick one strain you could only have that would be it or that's just the favorite that's my island strain yeah that's my desert island strain chem d i might have thought you might have said oh (laughs) it's my favorite but it veggies too slow (laughs) Uh, that's a good producer and the only thing is that 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 uh banana issue but uh, I've got it pretty much under control. Okay, so I mean, and, if you could and Tommy's only- got another, he's got another D cut that I got. 
some flowers from him the other day. I was up there, and uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna grow that one out and uh, maybe replace Tommy's with Tommy got this one from uh, from Jeep at way way back when. So uh, yeah, and it's it's phenomenal. I don't know if you got to see any of that, but it's 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 phenomenal, and it doesn't. It doesn't throw out bananas, and uh, it's never variegated on them. So, uh, yeah, may yeah. replace replace that. I think that was the one I tried, and then I tried the real one later on. But I think I okay. kind of like Tommy's one. Yeah, Tommy's is good. Uh, it's it's the real it's the real thing. Uh, G was telling that he thinks it's the sister, but there's no way it's it's Kim D. It's it is. And that was a long time ago, and he gave him that cut. So uh, mistakes happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. Time. For sure. and so if you could only change one thing outside of the banana issue, because I think that's probably the obvious choice. If you could change one thing about the D and the ninety-one, um, you know, it could be different things about the cuts. But what would you change about them? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> not not even like bigger yield. I mean, bigger yields. It's the ninety one. If you could get a bigger yield, that would be nice. But uh, I just I, I've always thought bigger. It doesn't necessarily mean better, you know. And my parents live in Maine, and you know the big fat six seven pound lobsters don't taste nearly as good as the two two and a half pound lobsters. So. Uh, and I don't like, I'm more of a, the shoulders on the plants. I like the buds, like, at the shoulders instead of the tops. Uh, yeah. So, the 91 not being that big, it really doesn't doesn't bother me. But if I had to pick, yeah, that would be it. The bigger, bigger yielder is always good. Yeah. And so, what's the most annoying thing about trying to talk to people about the chem dog? Because... I, obviously the history is maybe the the obvious one but like sometimes I find it's even just like people get really lost up in all the names because you know they've got, <laughs> they've got all the different cuts and people just lose track of things really quickly my probably biggest one is and I've been I'm a spell guy it's just the D-A-W-G uh, <laughs> it's chem dog it's dog it's it's a combination of dog bud uh, which is what we got in Crested Butte. We started calling it chemweed. So I think when we saw Mass G in Indian, Indianapolis, we were calling it chemweed probably. Probably told him it was dog butt and chemweed, and he just combined the names, chem and dog. And there you have it. So it's it's D-O-G. It's not D-A-W-G. It's never been D-A-W-G. J-J uses star dog just out of respect for g and and that's the you know that's that but uh it's always been dog yeah and so i mean do you think in a way you know um that by jj using that naming nomenclature that he's almost you know inadvertently made it a little harder to kind, refer to kind of it's made it a little more confusing but i think the biggest culprit was uh Another company changed it uh, before JJ changed uh, actually Chem Dog D O G to D A W G. 
I forget what company it was, but they they kind of started it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Dog, I mean, that version of Dog really didn't come out until like the later 90s. I know there was David Grisman has dog music, uh, D-A-W-G, but uh, that's not what they're referring to. They're referring <laughs> to like dog, like the, the urban way of saying dog. Yeah. <laughs> no chance he's just smoking chem dog right now. <laughs> I've read online that AJ has actually taken credit for, or at least he's said that at one point in time he was selling or giving chem dog to people in New York, but calling it diesel. Um, but at the same time, so many people say that diesel and chem dog are not the same thing. How do you feel about that? Because some of the older guys say like, oh, no, like there is no such thing as diesel. It's actually just Chemdog. No, I think they just, they changed. They didn't, uh, AJ didn't like, those guys didn't like the name Chem uh, associated with it, uh, like chemical. They didn't like that name. They thought it brought it down. So uh, they changed it to diesel. Uh, I don't know if it was the smell or the word diesel meant something in New York. Uh, but, yeah, it's the same thing. Chem 91 is the diesel. Uh, because when I got a bag of the diesel, it was uh, Chem 91. And then the sour diesel was more of a – that was an S1 of a – chem 91 or something or uh, i'm not really sure on that story uh the whole sour diesel story it's kind of been changed a bunch uh those guys don't yeah. have the whole story i think they, i'm not really sure they know what exactly happened but uh it's definitely from the 91 i mean it's it's it it is i mean the smell is Similar sour diesel, a little stronger, but uh, yeah, I'm not really there. sure on that. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to spring an idea on you here. Um, yeah. A, a lot of people give a lot of credit to uh, Oregon and California for helping to kind of you know establish the Cal- the marijuana scene in America. But the more I kind of delve into the history of things, the more I think New York is like this unsung hero of the scene because it's like, seems like when you trace back a lot of the best breeders, in my opinion, not not just the Chemdog ones, like obviously all the Chemdog ones, but they trace their roots to New York and it seems like that environment they had where people willing to pay for really expensive weed like bred this environment where it was like productive to be a breeder and um, or just even just a really good grower, you know. Have you ever thought about that at all, and do you agree? I totally agree. Uh, I think just the combination of just people in New York are just go-getters, you know. They just get things done. Uh, the market for the weed was, I mean, just, you know, 6000 a pound or 7000 a pound. So, you know, it was worth it for those guys to do what they did and uh to to be able to make that money and uh yeah i think it's a combination of those those things but yeah i think new york was a good and outdoor too up in ithaca the finger lakes region and ithaca college and 
lot of uh, Cornell and a lot of uh, lot of outdoor weed up there for sure. Did you ever get to try any of the uh, stuff that Duke talks about coming out of Virginia or that never really got to you? Never really got to us. I I smoked a lot of living out, growing up outside New York City, we smoked a lot of like, uh, like, you know, pot from Laos and Afghan, Afghani pot and just really exotic, exotic weed that would come into New York. Uh, so I was pretty spoiled as a, as a teenager. Yeah. And were you smoking weed before the introductions of Indicas to the scene or were you, they had always been around? They're kind of like right at the, kind of like right at the beginning when I was smoking, uh, you know, smoking a lot of Mexican and <laughs> Mexican weed and stuff like that. And But yeah, a lot of, it started kind of when I started smoking it, those things started coming on the scene. Yeah, okay. It's interesting because I've kind of found anecdotally um, the people who were around, especially growers, before the advent of like commercial indica seeds, like Afghani's, they you'll you never find one of them who says indicas are their favorites, you know, because like they obviously grew up on sativas. So I thought yeah, it'd be right. interesting if you fell into that category, but the chem dog had won you over. Oh, big time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, with that in mind, throughout you know your whole history of smoking weed, what's been the most enjoyable terpene or flavor profile for you? I know you said you don't really care too much for flavor, but for a lot of people, there's you know these really kind of exotic terpene profiles from when they were younger because you know things were more land racy. What is it for you? Uh, I'm really into these uh, the the SFE and the TK uh, the OGs uh, for taste. You know, I really love love that taste uh i think the chems get you still get you a little higher but uh yeah i love these these og tastes they're i i I believe the hype for sure (laughs) and so how do you think that the laws affected the scene as it progressed on because i mean the immediate assumption one might make is like if the laws were more loose you know, maybe Chemdog would have flourished even more. Do you think that was necessarily the case? Because at the same time, it, it was still very, you know, as you said, somewhat close guarded, you know, in the right circle type thing. Yeah, I think uh, back then was definitely, uh, you know, there wasn't as much trading going on and they were yeah. definitely held closer. Well, the reason I ask that is just because I, I kind of think that um, it was the perfect breeding ground with the illegal environment in a sense because it allowed there to be, you know, if you look at the New York crew, for example, you know, like those guys who were selling the chem dog for crazy prices in the park, um, you know, like if it was legal or, or more lax, you know, like those prices wouldn't have been there and then maybe maybe there wouldn't have been as much incentive to keep the chem dog around because that's part of what I think has helped keep it around was because it is obviously so valuable in so many regards it just ensured its survival exactly uh i think just the laws and people it, it being worth so much money and people were you know held it closer and protected it more i would i would think i, I would say yeah 
And so you mentioned earlier that you generally just grew from clones over the years. But with that in mind, were there ever any breeders who you kind of thought their work was pretty good? Um, and bonus points if it's besides JJ. <laughs> yeah, uh, guys from, oh, God, what is their company called? Uh, South Fork Seeds out in California are really yep. good. They got all the real, you know, chem genetics. If you have the real chem genetics uh, and you're a good breeder, then, you know, your shit's going to be good. Uh, there's uh, on Instagram, Mr. Bob Hemfield is you know, starting to breed now. And he, he's going to be coming out with lots of good crosses, cam and puck crosses. Uh, JJ, of course. Uh, and then skunk VA. I would definitely check his stuff out when his, when his comes out, you just got to be careful. You want to find someone that has the real, the real deal, uh, and not just claiming they have it and breeding with it and just putting out whatever. Yeah, without a doubt, there's too much of that at the moment. Yep. And so, at what point did you really notice that the chem dog was taking off in the mainstream? And even an extension of that is like, you know, at what point were you kind of starting to get recognized as the figure from the story that you are? Oh, probably an IC mag. Uh, kind of from then, people have just been reading about it for the last, whatever, 10 years or so. And uh, it's just kind of taken taken on a life of its own uh but probably after the that ic mag it started to really uh i really only got back into facebook and instagram and all this media stuff a few a few years ago uh so probably when i went on the adam dunn show is probably when it really uh kind of really blew up okay fantastic thank you adam <laughs> I mean, you kind of partly answered this question, but is there? Have you met many other people who did, you know, have claimed they got it to experience the dog bud, and, and you know, they're describing it correctly to you, and it works out the time frames about right, or not really? Not the dog, but I've never. I've had a few people over the years tell me that they have it, and this that. I've even had someone send it to me, send a sample, and it. I mean, it was not it. So I've never known anyone besides myself joe and mass g that have smoked the dog bud i mean i know there's people out there but i have never heard of anyone getting it back then or i mean it was just so incredible for 1991 uh this this pot was just so incredible for that time we just had never seen anything like it and to this day, 25 years later, I've never talked to anyone that smoked the real dog blood before. Was it outdoor? Uh, indoor. Awesome. Yeah. So this this is just a bit of a personal question I was thinking to myself while trying the 91 is, how functional do you think someone can be, you know, the average person in the real world if they are smoking these chem dogs all day? Do you, have you met <laughs> people who are still you know, real go-getters, or do you just find it just still takes its toll on you? I think it's your personality. I think uh, if you're a go-getter, you can, you know, smoke it and no no problem. Uh, I mean, I smoke it all day and I'm, I'm motivated and 
it's it, it helps me so uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't know what I'd, I'd do without it for sure yeah and so I always like to ask people like what are their reasons for um, hanging on to cuts you know like specifically not giving them out and with when you're talking to breeders it's somewhat obvious but one of the interesting topics I had brought up was that um, not necessarily like you're looking to keep it out of the hands of the masses but the reason I got told was that um, you know, people can not look after the plant well and, you know, they take poor clones of poor clones and then eventually, you know, you've you've got like, for example, let's say it's the chem dog, you know, it's like it's just really degraded and it's and then and then it's giving everyone a poor representation of the chem dog, even when it's done well, just due to the, the clone. Do you feel like that has somewhat happened to the chem dog? Because when I heard that re- reasoning, the first thing that popped to my mind was like that seems like that's kind of what has happened with the chem dog in some ways. Like, I mean, I've just been told from so many people that, you know, the, the biggest reason why clones fade off, so to speak, is because sometimes, you know, you're not taking the healthiest cuttings. Yep. And that's, yep, that's, you got to take healthy cuttings. It starts from the beginning. You got to take them for a nice healthy mother and, and, uh, it'll just, the plant will be happy for its, as long as you take care of it, it'll be happy for its life. So, uh, I so, think people, I think people, I, I don't think that's the reason people <laughs> kept them close. I think people kept them close just because it was special and, you know, they wanted to, I don't think people thought, you know, that if I give it to this person, they're going to degrade the plant. I think people just, found something special they wanted to they wanted to hold on to it yeah or they got conditions someone gave it to them and said don't give it out um stuff like that okay awesome well i think we've only got some short answer questions left so these are just you know more far away but um, okay what's uh what's uh, this is a two-parter you know what's your least favorite strain you know like the worst strain in your opinion and then the second part is you know without necessarily giving away the breeder what's the worst cross you've ever seen the chem in you know because obviously some strains just don't work when you cross them to others it's just you know genetic yeah what's the worst one you've seen what does it not agree with i i don't like fruity strains i'm not a big fruity guy uh so you know any of those purple grapey ones or tangerine ones or you know all those i'm not i'm not into those uh and the chem cross oof. i'm not really sure most of the chem crosses i've smoked if it's the real chem it's i like it maybe chem cross to some fruity purple thing <laughs> yeah maybe yeah at first i've seen a couple people crossing them to some fruity stuff and i haven't tried them but uh maybe the chem will make it strong at least yeah (laughs) (laughs) the the one silver lining yeah so uh what you know obviously you've been around the scene for a long time what's been the worst thing to happen to it in your opinion the scene uh just oh god just some of the people getting in the in the business and in it for the wrong reasons and uh just seeing people 20 years ago or 15 years ago that would just look at me and thought i was just the 
biggest piece of shit, you know, low grade person in the world. And now they're, you know, now they're all pro marijuana and it's just kind of weird. Uh, people that would look at me differently 15 years ago and look at me differently now. So that's kind of what bothers me the most. I would think about this business. Have you ever had someone, you know, like try to get back in contact and kind of like get an in with you once they realized who you are when maybe they had previously written you off? Yeah. Most people from high school, uh, you know, mostly, uh, but they're getting back in touch with me because they know they have a sick, you know, relative or something. And, uh, they're looking for answers, stuff like that, and yeah, happy to, to happy to help them out. But, yeah. but no, they're not they're not looking for strains and stuff like that. Uh, I get people asking me for the chems all the time, and I just have to just say no <laughs> all the time. So uh, yeah, that's kind of hard. Yeah, I can imagine. And so. What do you think is like a big mistake people make when they're growing the chem dog? Because for me, it's, you know, a lot of people say it's so finicky. So, you know, what what's something about it that it likes that it or something it doesn't like? Uh, like chem 91 doesn't like a lot of light. I usually put them kind of on the outskirts of the light. Uh, they seem to do a lot better. Uh Wow. But if you're, you know, follow your, your, you know, fertile program and tender love and care, they play like a lot of cow mag, you know, D likes cow mag up until, you know, week seven. Uh, So just a couple things like that, but it's, it's, it's not very hard plant to grow. Yeah. So, I mean... I've I've thought about the scene that the Grateful Dead created and it seems like, you know, it was like that perfect storm for progressing the scene. Do you think that trying to create something similar to that in a modern sense would work out or do you think just the the climate is too different and it's just yeah, it's not it wouldn't work in the same way. Yeah, I think it's just different. I think people are just more out in the open and uh trading things just you know, you can buy cuts on Craigslist now. Uh, <laughs> so it's just, it's a different time we live in. So, yeah, I don't think it would, I think it was just a, just that time that we were in. And, uh, well, do you think that given like so much of the masses are now newly jumping into cannabis cultivation, at least in America, um, do you think that that could be harmful in any way? Because it seems like there's a lot of growers who don't necessarily know how to deal with a lot of problems that could have flow-on effects, like, you know, the cloning one. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the cloning one's one, and, uh, like you pest, know, pest pests, for sure. Uh, you know, you get more people, and, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely problems, for sure, the more people growing. And how do you feel about what's you know widely regarded as somewhat over the top uh rules in you know you might not be fully involved in it but um you know in the oregon i believe it is have got you know some pretty insane testing requirements how do you feel about those testing is uh, i'm kind of up in the up in the air on testing until they 
you know, have like a standardized test, I guess. Uh, like a, you know, machine that's, this is the way it's done. I think they're kind of different machines. And so I really don't, you know, the testing, I don't really believe in the testing too much. And if you have, you know, 27% THC crystals on your, uh, whatever flow bud and, you know, you have in the chem tests at 20% or 18%. I think the chem crystals, the makeup of those 18% are better than the, than the, you know, the 27% on the, on the other, but I think the crystals, the makeup of those crystals are stronger and better. So I don't, you know, so a 17 could get you higher than a, 27 so yeah so um, i mean what do you think you know it's obviously probably going to be a guess but if if you did have to guess what do you think that you know the average sample of well-grown chem 91 does sit at because you know like if that is the strongest weed then we shouldn't you know and it's not testing high then you know who cares about numbers yeah i think the 91 and the four and those they all they test like mid-20s i think uh so it's never you know, like 30% or anything like that. Uh, but yeah. yet they're the strongest, strongest, uh, strains that I've ever smoked. So, yeah, uh, I'm not a big believer in testing yet. And so our final question, um, if you could go back to any time and get any seeds from anywhere, whether it be, uh, <laughs> you know, seeds you could buy from early in the day or just land race seeds and, you know, you're, you're allowed to just obtain them. Um, what would it be? Man, I think I would have to go back to 1991 and uh, take that ounce from, from G and uh, take those 13 seeds from him. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, you know, I, uh, you know, those, those are, those are special seeds, uh, but like a nice, you know, a nice African land race strain seeds from Africa would be nice. Uh, have you been one of, go back to, go back to Amsterdam in the seventies or, you know, early eighties and see what they had, uh, get some of that old sensi seed stock or. Something like that, but I think I'd go after those thirteen seeds that G found. I was trying to bait you into the skelly seeds, but you gave a better answer. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Have you tried um, JJ's Nigerian? Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the better sativas. I like. Kind of reminds me of you know that all that weed I used to get in high school from different countries and stuff. Uh, but it's good. The Nigerian's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I just thought maybe that was where the uh, the African comment came from. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So um, I think that brings us to the end. Thanks so much for coming on, P-Bud. Is there any uh, no questions problem. or shout-outs you wanted to do? Just shout-out to Incredibles and uh, everyone, everyone down there. Uh, great company to work for. Go out and get some bars and pretty much every dispenser in Colorado I think Incredibles is in uh, and shout out to, to Matt to, to, to G uh, for 
you know, doing what he did with those seeds and, uh, you know, thousands of people. Uh, thank you. And my good buddy, Joe Brand. Shout out to him if he's going to be listening. I miss you, buddy. And that's, yeah, that's about it. Awesome. Shout out to my wife. Shout out to my wife, of course. She's my my better half. Yep. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. So there you have it. A big thanks to Peabody Mike. Chem family. Nice G. OGS. 420 Australia in the Billy Shop. See you. La 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 la